hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise? Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless you tonight. You sound good, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord always. And it's great to be in the house of the Lord on a Wednesday night, midweek service. It's one of my favorite parts of the week. Can you say amen? Hebrews 11, verse 1, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn it uh, to that verse, Hebrews 11, 1. You could also watch it on the screen. It's going to come up. Hebrews 11, 1. I want to remind you that on Sunday afternoon services, we uh, use our youth sanctuary for pre-service prayer. It's really one of the only times we're able to do a pre-service prayer right now, the way our buildings are and all of that, and our schedules. And so keep that in mind if you're able to get back a little bit early. And also keep that in mind, um, we need to make sure that that is designated for pre-service prayer. So um, help us out with that. Come and pray. We had a great prayer service here last night. Uh, our, kind of our first kickoff, getting back into prayer services. Did a wonderful move of God, wonderful spirit here last night. That'll be the second and fourth Tuesdays of each month at 7 o'clock. And so come out and be a part of that. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Read that with me, would you? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Father, would you help us tonight as we teach your word, help us, uh, God, to receive it, uh, to grow in it. I believe that you would do miracles even in this Wednesday night service. Help us, Lord, to reach out and to believe for it tonight. And we give you the praise and the glory. And everybody said amen. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're praying for all of those that are at church camp this week. We are in the midst of church camp season. And so... Boy, we need to pray the Lord would kind of turn the air conditioner on outside a little bit for those campers up there. Um, of course, you know, it's not as bad as when some of us, how many of y'all went to church camp before air conditioning up there? Yeah, so it's kind of hard. They don't get much pity from us, do they? They really don't. I feel bad for them. They just, they just don't get much pity from us because we remember the dorms um, when you took a shower and you were nastier than when before you took the shower by the time you got done and then you, you went to church and you were just sweating and and uh you just went to the altar just so the preacher didn't preach so you could just get out of there no i'm just kidding we never did that now faith is the substance of things hoped for it is the substance of things hoped for the word here that is rendered substance is translated in hebrews three fourteen as confidence and it may also be rendered as uh, subsistence, which is really its etymological meaning. And it also can mean ground or basis or support. So the meaning of the clause seems to be that faith is a confidence that we shall receive the good things for which we hope. And that by it we enjoy, as it were, a present subsistence or anticipation of them in our souls. I've, all, I've, I've often said that faith is kind of a, it's the tangible part of 
of hope. Uh, hope is things, faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not yet seen. So we don't have them yet, but faith kind of puts a, a handle on it that we, we can hold on to faith right now before we see the fruition of or the reality of the promise. It also gives a foundation or a ground for our expecting them because by it, by faith, we are justified. By faith, we are adopted into God's family. We are born of God's spirit. All of these things by faith. Therefore, being his children and heirs of the things for which we hope, namely of happiness with Jesus immediately after we die or uh, the glorious resurrection of the body when Jesus comes back that second time or the acquittance and and gracious reception at his judgment seat and the glory with him and the new heavens and new earth forever. All of these things are based on and grounded on faith. It says it's the evidence Evidence means the conviction there or the persuasion or demonstration wrought in the mind. Of th- it's the evidence of things not seen, of things invisible and eternal. I really am going somewhere if you'll just bear with me a little bit. Of things invisible and eternal of God and the things of God giving us an assurance of them in some respects equal to that which our outward senses give us of the things of this visible and temporal world. I want you to think of that, that faith, it makes those invisible things a reality to us, just like our eyeballs and our ears take in the visible things of this world, the tangible things of this world. This is what faith does for us. It connects us to the invisible. Aren't you thankful for that? So let's talk about this thing, hope, here, because this is really where I want to go. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope here is a, uh, as, as a noun, um, it means um, desire accompanied by expectation. Here it's used as a verb. So it's the things that are hoped for. It's those things that we desire and, uh, and, and, and we have an expectation of or a belief in their fulfillment. So let me say it this way. Hope is the difference or the distance between where we are and where we desire or where we expect or where we believe we shall be. It's the difference between those two things. Wherever you desire to be uh, a year from now, five years from now, a week from now, hope is the difference between those things. You're not there yet, but you sure hope you get there. Somebody else say amen. Uh, Hope is the, the difference or the distance between them of where we are and where we shall be. Or we could say the difference between what we have and what we desire or expect or believe that we shall have. So when we think in terms of what we want but we don't have it yet, hope is the difference between those things. We don't see it. We don't handle it. It's not been given us. If you're hoping for a new job, that's because you don't have that job yet. And so hope is the difference between us, the difference between the realization of those things. So if we already have it, it doesn't require hope. And if it doesn't require hope, it is not faith. So faith is what gets us there to the fulfillment. 
Whatever the difference is between where we're going, what we desire, what we are expecting, faith is what gets us there. Faith is what motivates us. It's what it anchors us. It keeps us. When we talk about it, we don't just talk about, well, I hope someday. In faith, faith, faith changes our language. We don't talk about where we want to be someday. We talk about where we're going. People who only have hope, they talk about futuristic things and maybe someday, and I hope I get there someday. I hope, it, I hope things change, but people with faith just go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and give God praise. I haven't closed the distance yet, but it's coming by faith. So we can praise God even while we still are hoping for it. We give God praise before we ever get there. How do we do that? We are people of Somebody say faith. You don't need to bother showing up here on a Wednesday night if you don't have faith. It doesn't make sense to come on a Wednesday night and give God praise because a lot of you are praising God for things tonight that you've been praying for to happen. And so you came to let God know, hey, God, I'm still in the fight. I'm still hanging in there. Those things I'm hoping for, I haven't given up on them. I still believe every word of your book is true. I don't feel like I want to feel. I'm not where I want to be. I haven't, I haven't grasped the hold of it all yet, but I'm showing up on a Wednesday Wednesday night because I believe every word of this book to be true. How are we doing now? I told you, stay with me. I might start slow, but we get off, we get off the ground eventually. So if we, if, we don't, if we already have it, it doesn't require hope. So if, we, if, if, if it doesn't require hope, then it's not faith. I don't have to hope. If, I'm not, I don't have to hope for a Thompson chain Bible. I've already got one. So I don't have to have faith that I'm going to get this Bible. I've already got this Bible. I don't have to have faith that I'm going to be able to walk. I walked up here tonight, and I believe I'm going to be able to walk back to the back tonight, barring anything happening to me while I'm preaching. Amen? But there are some of you here tonight, you have to have faith. Sister, Sister Vess is going tomorrow for another biopsy. So Sister Vess has to have faith that that biopsy is going to come back okay. She's going to get good news. So she's here tonight having faith. She hasn't got the report yet, but she's believing God for the report. Amen. Now, if she already had the report, if she already saw the x-ray, if she already saw the result, that's not faith. That's just our faith goes once we get there, once we close the distance between what we're hoping for. And, and we've closed the distance and now we have it. It goes from being faith to now it turns into praise. Don't ever stop giving God praise for those things that you were hoping for and now you've realized them. I wonder sometimes, I wonder sometimes if God isn't just waiting on us to praise him for what we've already attained. This is the way it works. This is the way I see it. I see it in my mind. I see it in my mind this way. There's distance between where I am and where I want to be. That's hope. Faith says I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. And every day I take another step. And then when I get there, I got to stop and say, oh, God, I got to give you praise because I wasn't there. But now I'm here. I've now arrived by faith, by faith. Everybody in the faith chapter attained what they obtained by faith. And then you got to stop and give God a little praise break once you've closed the distance between hope and reality. Give him praise. You didn't have it, and now you have it. Amen. So 
So, you know, you're praying for a job. Well, don't stop thanking God for jobs he's already given you. You're praying for a healing. Wonderful. Trust God for a healing. But don't forget to give God thanks for all the times. That builds your faith. It, 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 it strengthens your faith. When I think of what he's already done for me, it helps my faith. Can you say amen? Now, I hope I don't cheapen it with this analogy, but I've always thought of faith as a, as a check. A check. It's the tangible part of hope. A check. I, if, if somebody writes you a check, you cannot spend a check. You cannot buy anything with a check. But when they give you the check, it's kind of like it's that substance. You hope it's good when you get there. When you get to the bank, you hope it's good. You hope they've got the money to back it up. You hope their signature means something. You hope they weren't lying to you. That's really what that is. By the way, can I stop here and just be preachy a little bit? When you write a check that you know there's no money, that's called lying. And you'll go to hell for that. Oh, you didn't see that coming in a faith sermon, but, but you need to be aware of these things. Some of us Christians need to get back to having some morals. And, and if somebody did that to you, you'd be angry. Let me say this. God writes really big checks. We don't call them checks. We call them promises. But they're in this book. They're all through this book. He says things like, you know what, if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David said, I will not fear for thou art with me. So God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's a big check. And I don't always feel like he's with me, but I know I'm grasping onto. So, so there's times where I feel like, okay, God, I know I'm kind of like Job. I can't find you, but at the end of the day, I know because you promised me you'll never leave me. I'm hanging on to this. And the thing about God is he's never written a bad check. He cannot lie. He is God. He cannot lie. So faith is kind of like the, the check. It's not, I don't have it yet, but I'll have it tomorrow or I'll have it, I'll have it next week. I, as, soon as, I, as soon as I get to that point where God decides to say, all right, give me that faith and here's the promise. Here's the fulfillment of the promise. It's like when you get there to the bank and say, here's the, you know, I'm sure some of you have gone to the bank before and slid that across the counter and thought, oh, Jesus, let this thing clear. Let them, let the, I hope they have the money in here. They told me they had the money in here. And you just, burr, burr, you just started shouting and speaking in tongues when the cashier started counting out your money. Thank God. Hallelujah. Well, this is, this is the way it is with the Lord. I don't, I, as I said, I hope I don't cheapen it with that analogy, but it's the evidence of the invisible. Just because it's invisible doesn't mean it's not coming. You could say, well, are you good? You know, you don't have any money. No, but I got a check. And just because I don't see the money doesn't mean it's not there. Doesn't mean it's not real. Just because I haven't grasped a hold of it yet doesn't mean I can't go ahead and trust God and walk with him and believe him and praise him. And I come to church and sing. Even I, I can sing about healing even when I'm sick in my body because I know he's a healer. Just haven't cashed it yet. It's coming. You still with me? Let me show you a couple things. Go to Genesis 18. Genesis 18 and verse 9. Y'all okay out there? You good back there? Is it too hot? Yeah, I guess some of you saying yeah, some of you saying no. 
Zach's like, okay, I'm on it. Don't say yes if it's not. Let me, where's Sister Gunderman? Is it too hot out there? Oh, your son's already gone. He's going to, he's going to turn it down. If, if somebody looks miserable, I just assume you're hot. I don't assume I'm not preaching good. I assume I'm preaching great. I assume it's just hot or cold. Amen. <laughs> I just think I'm a good preacher. You can, no way you would look miserable because of my preaching. No way. So we're going to adjust the thermostat. If you, just remember that. If you look miserable because of my preaching, we're going to turn the thermostat down. We will freeze you into amens. Genesis, I'm kidding, 18, 9, and they said unto him, uh, these, these are the messengers that are sent to Abraham, and they, they, they're receiving a fresh promise here of, uh, the, of the fact that they are going to have children. By the way, this messenger comes when Abraham is 100 and Sarah is 90, okay? Abraham's 100, Sarah is 90, and the messengers say, where's Sarah, your wife? And he said, behold, she's in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. A hundred and ninety years old. Your, your wife is going to have a son. He's a hundred. She's ninety. Did I already say that? And the messenger says, your wife shall have a son. And Sarah, who's 90, heard it. She must have had her hearing aids in. And she heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Surely I didn't hear what I thought I just heard. And she started laughing. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well-stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. She was beyond her childbearing days. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Here we go. Now, this is, I love this. He doesn't just correct them. He encourages their faith. Here's where our faith struggles, folks. I'm telling you it is. Our faith struggles because we weigh God's promises against our abilities. We are inundated all day long by the visible, by the natural, by words. When you go to the doctor, you... Sister Vest, I told Sister Vest, I'm going to be there in the morning. I want to be there with you. I want to pray with you. But when, normally, when you go to the doctor, you don't have a team of, uh, you don't have your whole section from church with you at the doctor. Standing there saying, remember the sermon Sunday. Remember, hey, hey, look here. The Bible says, if we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Never leave. You don't have, you don't have a whole church section with you you have doctors that are saying look at this x-ray we see something on the x-ray this is very concerning abnormal cells they are and, and the, you need to be prepared and, and the doctors are there and the nurses are coming and they're looking at you like oh you poor little thing and, and they're they're checking your blood every time i go to the doctor my blood pressure spikes in the last eight years i haven't gone to the doctor after they t t pronounced a heart attack over me every time i go to the doctor my blood pressure i just assume they're going to tell me the worst case so my blood pressure spikes so they're pumping their, your, you know your arm telling you to relax <laughs> Relax. Here, put this in your mouth. Here, we're gonna. Here, here, let me look in your ears. Let me look up your nose. Let me flash this in your eyes. Here, here, let me hit you on the leg. And, oh, just relax. Everything. Why is your blood pressure high? Oh, I don't know. 
You're poking and prodding and punching on me. And they're looking at you with all that, you know. So that gets in your spirit. All you hear is the natural, the negative, the, you know. All this faith stuff we talk about here, you don't have that there in the hospital. I wish we could. I wish we could just have a big cheering team following everybody to the doctor every time they went in the hospital. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> it was one of the most, I think, terrible things about the COVID phase was if you went to the hospital, you were by yourself. You couldn't have family. You couldn't have your pastor. If I went in to visit somebody, I looked like I was walking on the moon, man. I had stuff on me, and I just I, I thought they're probably better off without looking at me like that. I'm probably scaring them to death, you know. And you had they you had to yell. I said I'm your pastor, you know. It's it's brother Hawkins, your pastor. It was rough. So so here we are. Here's Sarah. She doesn't have all she all she knows is I'm old. I feel old. I look old. My, my, the calendar says I am old. And, and everything in my body says I can't have babies anymore. She's looking over there at Abraham. She says he's an old man too. He's old. He's, he's 100. And this messenger talking about babies. And don't judge her too harshly because some of you ladies would laugh if somebody told you that at 50. Come on. And we're going to judge her at laughing at 90. But this is where we are. Because we, we judge, we take in God's promises, and we try to process, process them according to our available data. Our flesh, our eyes, our ears, our feelings, our age. The doctor says this. My boss said that. Well, my husband's saying this. Well, the neighbors are saying that. My friends are all saying this. Can you imagine being Job and your very best friends are coming to encourage you and all they can do is accuse you so we've got to get to the point where and, and this is what this is what the messenger is doing the Lord is saying to them look I know you're old <laughs> I know you're 90 and I know you're 100 but I didn't stutter when I said you're going to have a child and it's not according to your ability. The question is, not are you able. The question is, is anything too hard for the Lord? And when we put it in the perspective of, is anything too hard for God? Then no, our faith will soar when we stop looking in the mirror and start looking in the Word. Somebody say amen. This is what I, I want to present to you tonight. Is anything too hard for the Lord? God waits till there are 100, one of them, and 90, the other, to bless them with a promised child because he's going to birth from this marriage, this couple, the, the, the nation of Israel, and he don't want anybody taking credit for it other than himself. So he's going to do it his way in his time, and he says, I can do anything I desire to do. All I need is willing vessels to work through, and if you can trust me, then we can do anything. God can do anything through us if we can just trust him. Isaiah 55 verse 8. For God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Um, neither 
are your ways my way, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So get this. His promises are based on not our thoughts and our ways. If, if, if he was going to limit his promises to our thoughts, they would be very small promises. His promises are always based on his thoughts and on his ways and not ours. They are what we call supernatural promises. So the reason there's such a distance between what he says and what we sometimes believe is because his ways and his thoughts are way up here. And he says, I'm not going to lower myself down to your thoughts and your ways when I give you promises because you'd stay sick, you'd stay lost, you'd stay depressed, you would stay bound, but I'm going to, I'm going to come up here in my thoughts and my ways and I'm going to give you promises that you have to kind of reach for. I'm going to call it hope. I'm going to facilitate it with this thing called faith. And if it doesn't require hope, then it's not faith. So God makes all these claims and promises in the word of God. We call them supernatural. We talk about the supernatural. We, we preach about the supernatural. When you need a miracle, you need a supernatural move of God. So you've got to reach out by faith and grab a hold of his ways and his thoughts and say God I know it's not down here it's up there but I'm going to believe you for that healing I'm going to pull it down into my spirit I'm going to believe you for that breakthrough and I'm going to pull it down into my spirit thank God his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise, somebody? Come on, I'm telling you, God's getting ready to do something in this house on a Wednesday night. Somebody's going to get healed in here tonight. Somebody's going to get a breakthrough here tonight. Somebody's going to leave differently than you came. I just need two or three of you to believe it. The Bible says if two of us would agree on anything, just agree with me in Jesus' name, we're going to see some supernatural things occur. His promises are based on his thoughts and his ways and not ours. They are supernatural. So to see them come to fulfillment requires faith. He writes those really big checks and we have to really believe them. Amen. That's why Paul would say in Ephesians 3.20 that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. If we can think it, if we come up with it, it's probably not supernatural. And it probably doesn't require faith. But I'm telling you, faith ideas, I'm telling you, faith and, and faith ideas and, and dreams that are kingdom dreams, they will some, they'll scare you sometimes. You dare to dream bigger than what you understand how it's going to happen. Amen. Not very many months ago, we just, you know, we said, well, we're, we're going to go out here and over here and build. And we were just talking about building a little fellowship hall. Man, then I was thinking a few years ago, I thought, well, you got money in the bank. We just go pay for it. Folks, it's after the way things are going right now, we're going to have to, we need a miracle. <laughs> we're not broke. We just, everything, all the people that make lumber want more for lumber. 
And all the people that make steel want more for steel. Because everybody has to pay six bucks, seven bucks. What's diesel now? Seven dollars? I don't know. We got to pay to ship it, pay to truck it, pay to move it. And so here we are. And I'm thinking, Lord, um, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad this is a church thing. Because <laughs> we're going to do this by faith. And uh, every time my, see, I'm telling you, these things, sometimes these things, this is just a little uh, family life center. We got people built, they were in the middle of church building whenever COVID hit. So we got to trust the Lord. We got to trust the Lord. And some of these things, they'll scare you sometimes. There's, I mean, every once in a while, my flesh will rise up, Brother Bunch, and I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> and then I, re I remember, this is God's building. This is God's church, and we need this building, and God's going to see to it. And so, so here's what you can do. Here's, what, here's how you can help your pastor and the board and all the leadership of this church right now. We need you to believe with us as we navigate this process. One thing that's going on with the, uh, in the building world right now is everybody's way, way behind. You've got to wait on everything right now. You got to wait on deliveries. You got to wait on services. So, so what we thought we could break ground in the spring got pushed back to fall, and now it's probably going to be pushed back a little bit uh, longer than that. And so, we're trying to find uh, engineers that will do the job and not um, not charge us as though we're building a <laughs> the Taj Mahal or something like that. So, you need to help us pray. The architect's doing a great job, but we need we need engineers. I believe there's I believe there's an engineer out there that would donate their time to a church. I believe there are people out there that own materials that would donate materials to church. I believe God's going to release, release funds to people he can trust that are going to give it into the church and give it into the work of God. We're going to, we're going to get it built. I'm just simply saying that, that uh, it's, it's not a natural thing. This is, we, need, we really need God to lead us and bless us and guide us. And when we get done and we're enjoying that over there, we're going to say, oh, thank God, we're going to really appreciate that. Amen. But he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. It's bigger than we ask. It's bigger than we think. He's able to do it. He has the ability to do bigger things than we ask him for or we think in our, in our own minds. Jesus said to that man who brought his son to, uh, to him to, to be delivered from demon, from a demon. And the disciples, remember the disciples tried to cast the demon out of the boy and they couldn't do it. And Jesus comes and, 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 and the man says, oh, 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 Lord, if you can do anything. And Jesus said to him in Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So it's not a matter of whether God can. It's a matter of whether or not we can extend out there and reach out there by faith and believe God. Because those who believe, all things are possible to him who believes. This is where we must stretch. This is where we must reach. We've got to reach. We've got to hope. All things are possible to us if we believe. You believe that? Say amen. So, so what does faith look like? Abraham and Sarah, he received a word from God, but it was not, it, Sarah, it was not an immaculate conception like Mary. Abraham and Sarah had to believe God at a, did I already mention 190, right? I said that already. They had to believe God and they had to, yes, they had to act on that promise from the Lord. Y'all getting what I'm saying? Yes. At 190 years old, Abraham had to buy some cologne and whatever. He had to do, and flirt with his 90-year-old wife at 100 years old. 
That's what faith looks like, folks. <laughs> All right, let's get that out of your head. We'll move on to something else. The children of Israel had to, sorry, but that's what faith looks like. The children of Israel, here's what faith looked like for them. The first city they face when they come into the promised land is the city of Jericho. God didn't bring them up to some little little bitty old town with no walls and no, no defense system. He brings them to the most fortified city in the land. Walls all around the city. And he says, I'm going to start you out right. I'm going to teach you that everything I do from this day forward, I, I'm going to do it because you believe and I am able. Not the other way around. Not because you're able, but because I'm able. So watch me take you. To a city called Jericho with walls so thick they can, they can ride chariots and horses on them. Watch me. Now watch this. This is what faith looks like. Faith looks like this. March the first day. This is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous strategy. You don't tear down walls by marching around walls. But God said march. March the first day. March around, march around the walls. One, one time. Don't say a word. Everybody be quiet. Just march. Second, second day. You know, and listen, I know how people are. And you know how people are. And that first day, they might be saying, all right, this is, yeah, God's going to do something. That second day, they're like, you know, okay, here we are again. By the fourth day, they did it six days. And by the, you know as well as I do, Brother Southern, you know how people are. Fourth day, they're like, I don't know about this stuff. They're hitting snooze. And then. Here we go again. First day, they're like, yeah, we're going to march. We're going to get this city. God's going to give it. Second day, yeah, yeah, we're going to march. We're going to get this city. Third day, yeah, we're marching. Fourth day, like, ah, this is getting a little ridiculous. My feet hurt. I don't know if Moses knows what he's talking about or not. That's a long walk. Right? Does your back hurt? My back hurts. Fifth day, same thing. Nothing's happening, guys. Nothing's changing. They're just marching. Fifth day. Sixth day. Nothing. This is what faith looks like. I'm telling you, faith, you just got to walk sometimes. You don't see anything happening. You just know God said it. Don't feel different. Just God said it. Nothing looks different. God just said it. Faith. Seventh day. Okay, now it gets real. On the seventh day, God says, march them seven times. Oh, God, you can't, you got to be kidding me, Lord. <laughs> They're whining. Yesterday they were whining about their back. All right, everybody, here's what we're going to do today. Seven times. This is, why, this is how you feel sometimes. You come to church, you've been dealing with this for four weeks, and you've heard the preacher preach about faith five times. And one more time he's saying, you've got to trust God. You've got to trust God. You've got to keep believing. You can't give up. You've got to keep marching. And you're like, oh, okay. And, you, and you're so glad you marched that seventh time. Sixth, first time nothing happened, first day nothing happened, second day nothing happened, fourth day nothing happened, fifth day nothing happened, sixth day nothing happened, the seventh day nothing happened on the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, sixth time, seventh time. He said, now everybody blow your trumpets and everybody give the Lord a shout. And, and now watch what happens when you believe God by faith, the things you hoped for. So hope, faith is that first day, second day fourth day, fifth day. It's the seventh day on the sixth time around this faith. Faith looks like that. 
I'm not talking about the fruition of it. I'm just talking about faith right now. Faith is, sometimes it's a long journey. It's a lonely journey. It's a confusing journey. It's a perplexing journey. It's a frustrating journey. It's, a, it's just got to hang in there type journey. Got to keep believing God journey. It's a journey. It looks like Naaman the leper going down to the Jordan River when he's saying, why couldn't, why couldn't I go over here and wash? Why couldn't I go over there? And why, why do I have to do it seven times? Why, why, why? Well, if you just shut up and obey. If you just trust God. Oh, I, I don't mean that I ever want to say that to anybody at church. But come on, you know, you've had people where you just, if you would just shut up and listen to God. Stop whining because you gotta go. Oh, you gotta, I gotta go dip in the Jordan River. You're getting ready to get new skin. You're a leper and you're going to have new skin. And you're whining about the method that God is using. All He's telling you to do is trust and obey and have faith. And God's going to cleanse you. You're gonna have the skin of a newborn baby in just a few. Ma, quit whining and have faith. Quit moaning and have faith. Quit, quit complaining and have some faith. And watch God move. Watch God work it out for you. If you would, just go ahead and stay on your feet. And if you're not on your feet, why don't you jump to your feet? And let's, uh, let's bring this thing to a close. Musicians, come back up here if you would real quickly. Listen to this. Those of you who have a need that requires something beyond your ability, I'm not talking about um, things that you're trying to, you think you can take care of, you think you can solve it, but things that you really need the Lord to move in. You really need. If you, if you would just respond to this word tonight, I want you to come up around the front and just stand up here. It might be a few and it might be many, I don't know. But you need a supernatural move of God. Just bring the need with you. Bring your faith with you. Watch what happens when we couple these things together. Now, I close with this. When, when Peter was told by Jesus, uh, he said, Simon, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Remember this? Gives him this bad news. Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. He said, but I've prayed for you. Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago. The Lord shared with him, I prayed for you. Thank God. So we need to share with each other once in a while. Hey, I'm praying for you. That's, that's a faith. That's, that strengthens my faith when I know somebody's praying for me. Amen? So don't just pray for somebody and be secretive about it. Let them know, hey, I'm text them. I'm, I'm praying for you. And that helps their faith. But he said something very profound to Peter. He says, now listen, when you are converted... When you've come through this trial, when you've come through your test, once you're out of that sifter, he said, I want you to go strengthen thy brethren. Don't come shouting out of your test and running to church like the, like the, like the uh, lame man uh, in Acts 3 and just, and, and just keep shouting. That's good. You've got to shout. That's all right. But you can't just shout the rest of your life. You've got to understand there's other people that need help. You've got to go find some people to help. He says, when you are converted, strengthen thy brethren. This is what we do. This is who we are. We need to be, this, I'm making up a word here, but it's a good word. It should be added to the dictionary. We should be strengtheners, not weakeners. 
We should be strengtheners, not weakeners. Amen? We should be encouragers, not discouragers. I'm going to challenge some of you to change the way you talk. I want to challenge some of you to change the way you act when you come to church. Uh, if, when somebody says to you, how you doing? If you're, listen to me, all of you listen to me. I'm going to help somebody here. If, if your go-to is, when somebody says, how you doing? If your go-to at church is, well, I'm here. I'm going to challenge you to change, well, I'm here to, I'm here. See that, just, just a tone change, that's all. How you doing? Well, stop, back up. Well, let me tell you, I'm still breathing. God's still good. I'm just, you got to hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you sound hopeless, you're going to think hopeless. You're going to walk hopeless. You're going to, you're going to come to church, look like you're hopeless. You're going to go to work, look like you're hopeless. Everybody's going to, how you doing? Oh, I don't know. I just, you, you got to raise up your head and you've got to be an encourager, not a discourager. Be a strengthener, not a weakener. Encourage your brethren. We've got an obligation to one another, not to come in here bringing each other down, but to come in here and lift one another up. People should feel better when they've been around you, not worse. Their face should be strengthened, not brought down. So be, not, now I know when I talk about drama and stuff like that, I always say, use your water bucket, not your gasoline bucket. But we're going to switch it when we're talking about faith, okay? When you see some faith, a little ember of faith, a little, a little spark of faith, don't be a wet blanket. Be gasoline. Find somebody that's believing God. See these people that walked up here tonight? They're saying, I have a need, and I believe God can touch my need. So we need some of y'all. Move up here a little closer because we need some of y'all that maybe you're not in this position but you would agree and you would pray for these people and you would encourage their faith. Would you come and join yourself with your brothers and sisters and strengthen thy brethren and strengthen thy sisters? We're not going to spend long. We're just going to spend a minute here, but we're going to pray. And whatever you need tonight, you need a supernatural touch of God. You need a supernatural move of God. Go ahead and think what that is in your mind. And in by faith, I want you to begin to see what does that look like? What does that look like? Is it somebody at an altar? Is it, is it your body being healed? Is it a job uh, coming to fruition? Whatever it is, go ahead and see that in your mind. That's faith. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, would you find somebody you can pray with right now? Just begin to pray for their faith to be encouraged. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we believe you for a miracle. God, we believe you for healing tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. God, you are a miracle-working God. We believe you tonight, Lord, for miracles in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, I believe tonight, Lord, and all things are possible. All things are possible to him who believes. By faith, it's the evidence of things hoped for. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. God, do a supernatural work for these people tonight, Lord. God, give them breakthrough. Give them miracles. We reach out by faith right now. We believe you for it, Lord. Oh, God, we believe you for it tonight. 
in the name of Jesus. Jesus, yes, receive it in Jesus' name. 